Let's get into the Word. Amen. Uh, if you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and get it out. And we want to go to Genesis chapter 5. I've been teaching a series called How to Walk with God. All right, so listen real close for how-tos as we progress through this series. If you're new with us today, uh, you would gain more if you heard the first uh, four parts of this series. But uh, go ahead and join on in today and you'll, you'll, you'll gain some, some understanding and some help. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, uh, verses 21 through 24, reads this way, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So, all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with, excuse me, walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So, this is the passage that I got that phrase, walked with God, Enoch pulled it off. And he did it, he didn't start young. So if you didn't start young, be like Enoch, right? Uh, Enoch started when he was 65 years old. And this was pre-flood, so people lived a long time back then. But he walked with God 300 years. He had such a dynamic, you know, fellowship with the Lord that one day God gave him the option just to step on over and he took it. He took him up on it and he was gone. He left without dying. And that's a type and shadow of the rapture of the church. And so, uh, but Enoch had a great relationship with God. If he did, you can. If he did, I can. I mean, I'm living after the cross. I'm redeemed, washed in the blood of Jesus, right? Filled with the Spirit. I can do, I seem like I have advantages that Enoch didn't have. Yeah. And then Hebrews chapter 11, on the other side of the book, uh, is one of the other passages about him. You, if you search for the word Enoch in the Bible, you'll find it very few times. He's in a couple genealogies, uh, but there's not much information there. And then there's one quote from him in, uh, I think, Jude. But then these two passages are, are it. Hebrews 11 and verse 5, By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death, and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So God was so happy with him, he gave him the option to upgrade. <laughs> right? And he took, like I said, he took him up on it. But Enoch, we see from Hebrews, he did this by faith. He walked with God by faith. He left the planet by faith. This is how we should all do this relationship and this walk with God. Now, uh, one of the things we mentioned last week is that in the New Covenant, we see that believers are made to be one spirit with the Lord, right? This is a uniting that is almost beyond, you know, comprehension. We can get glimpses of it because, you know, when a husband and wife are married, they become one flesh. And we think, well, what does that mean? And we, we try to grasp that unity. With the Lord, we become one in spirit with Him. So, uh, this is not something we're trying to achieve. I'm not trying to become one with God. I'm not trying to be united to the Lord. It's an established fact. Amen. My goal, my job really, is just to acknowledge it. I'm not trying to get God to do it. I'm just working on me, my mind, to regularly and consciously think this way. 
pray this way, live this way. I have been united, made one, brought into divine union with the Lord. That's who I am. Again, that's who you are. If you're saved, you're not trying to get God to do this for you. He already did it. And so we just acknowledges. Knowing God is another phrase. Remember we read last week in John 17, Jesus said eternal life is knowing the Father and the Son. Knowing God is another one of these fixed benefits of the new covenant. All right. What I mean by that is it's universal in in the body of Christ. It's not something we're trying to get. It's something that he gave us. All right. Everybody with me today? Okay. Uh, It is knowing God is something that it's not available to some people and not others. Well, if you'll really study, if you'll really commit, it is a positional blessing that is put upon us. In other words, say, well, don't we need to get to know God? In a measure, yes, but we get to know him from a position of knowing him. Because I know him, I get to know him. All right, that's, uh, I don't know, what do, you, what do you call that? A paradox it is something that you have to embrace in a number of areas when it comes to the spirit and the flesh. The spiritual realities and our f- flesh or physical existence. I know him and I get to know him from a place of knowing. I'm not trying to get to know God because I'm on the outside. And I'm trying to achieve something that he hasn't granted me. And I'm just trying to get him to, to, to grant this to me. No, the moment I said, Jesus, you're my Lord, you're my Savior, I entered into a position of knowing him. Amen. I was unified with him. I know him. And now I walk with him from that place. Amen. All right. Jeremiah, he's a guy, uh, uh, Old Testament prophet. And he, the Lord showed him something. God, God gave him this revelation many years ago. He said, there's coming a day when everybody's going to know me. All right. And he's talking about every, all of his people. It's Jeremiah 31, 34. And he wrote, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord, for they all shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. So Jeremiah prophesied that is restated in Hebrews chapter 8 when the covenants are being described, the old covenant, the new covenant. This is a picture of our day for every believer. He says, you don't have to go around saying, know the Lord. Everyone knows me. Yeah. Has this got your gears a turning? I I hope so. Uh, Basically, this is saying we don't have to uh, have someone tell us about the Lord. I'm talking about saved people. now. I'm not talking about preaching the gospel. I'm saying the Lord will reveal himself personally and individually to each of us. He reveals himself from the inside out. It's kind of like the law of love. When Jesus said a new commandment I give to you that you would love one another as as I have loved you. How many know every believer has that written inside of them? It's, It's a part of your new creation existence. God wrote his love law inside of you because that's the law of the new covenant. 
right? We all get it. We're not trying to get it. It's there. It's, it's written in, inside of our hearts. Um, this, when, when he says everyone will know me, he's not saying everyone's saved. He's not saying all Jews are saved. He's just saying when it, th- those who are my people, they all will have this in common. Our goal then, our job is to let our brains catch up with reality. Let our minds acknowledge what is so that we can benefit from it continually. Now, I'd like to have you turn to another place today. Uh, and that is, uh, well, if you're in Hebrews, it's real close. First John, book of First John, way at the back of the book. First John is right before Second John. <laughs> Trying to be helpful. All right. So, revelation knowledge of God is designed to come from within. I don't have to be told from the outside. I have the Spirit of God telling me from the inside. Look at this passage. First John chapter 2. And verse 20, 220. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. See, it, it almost seems odd that he's saying this. This is that paradox, if you will. I'm writing to you the truth, um, because you already know the truth. (laughs) Wouldn't you think, why are you writing to us again? Why are you writing to us telling us that we already know what you're telling us? You could have saved some writing time. We could have saved some reading time. (laughs) If we already know this, why are you writing uh, writing us to tell us that we know this? (laughs) Have you ever had uh, an experience where um, you realized or it, it came, you came to know something and when you knew it, you realized you already knew it. It's like God spoke to you or you were seeking him, seeking wisdom, seeking direction. And finally, when it came to you, you thought, well, I already knew that. And you did. And the spirit of God in you already had given that piece of information to you. But now you kind of recognize that you knew it. He's saying, I'm writing to you about things you already know. Why? Because what he referred to here as the anointing, which that's, this is the only place in the Bible where the anointing is referred to in a sense of a noun. And you can see in the next verse, he's just talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to you by the Holy One, the Father, and by Him, you know everything. Okay, look at verse 26 then, same uh, chapter. He said, these things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. So that's that's the motive here. But the anointing which you have received from him, in other words, the Holy Spirit, abides in you and you need not that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true and is not a lie and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. 
So this is, a, this is a completely different way of thinking than what most of us gravitate towards with our natural mind. And that is, if I need taught, I need to find someone, a human being, who will teach me. And he's saying, no, the teacher lives inside of you. And the, the reason I want you to know that, that the teacher lives inside of you, is so that when these people come teaching you a bunch of bunk, bunch of uh, error, you will look to the teacher inwardly and recognize that what they are saying is not consistent with the teacher. That principle is still true today. This is not doing away with the ministry of a teacher. Okay, I is one of those. That's why I use my best Englishing. I, I am, I'm not saying that, that teachers are unnecessary. I'm saying that any teaching that comes from a person that is said to be from God in the name of the Lord, it must agree. And if you'll learn to listen to the teacher inside, you'll recognize that's right. That's good. That's of God. I don't know about that. I'm not talking about up here because we all have things goofy in our heads. I'm talking about that witness in, inwardly. And the teacher, he's telling me, he's writing them saying, I'm telling you this stuff, but listen, you already know it. See, what, what are they supposed to do with that? They're supposed to read the letter and go, I totally already know this. Why, why, why was I being tricked by these guys? Why was I being led astray? Yes, I knew that was wrong. This is more like confirmation. Amen. I think that's, that's one of the, the jobs of, of pastors is, is to confirm things. Let me back up for a moment. Uh, we all welcome and invite and value the prayers of others. I do. Anytime someone says, I'm praying for you, I say, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, keep going. Uh, we, we all want that. We like it. We value it. But at the same time, how many know we shouldn't be dependent on it? If you don't pray for me, I have no excuse to not do my own praying. I'm going to do my own praying. I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to stand on the word. You want to pray for me? Bring it. But I'm going to pray anyway. How many know you ought to be that way? If someone's, if you're a brand new Christian and you totally need someone to pray for you, go ask them. Ask people and we will pray for you. But also make it your goal like in a year, I'm not going to be dependent on someone else's prayers anymore. I'm going to have my prayer life so amped up and, and fine-tuned that I'm getting stuff from God direct. And anything other people do, that's just to help and add to it. Yeah. Likewise, we should not be completely dependent on teachers to know Him, to walk with God. We benefit from, we value teachers that God gifts, anoints with His Spirit. But if someone doesn't teach me, I have the teacher inwardly. And if someone does teach me, I'm going to take what they say and compare it to what the Spirit of God is saying inwardly. And of course, in His Word. But you know, you know what I'm saying by that? I don't mean I'm going to elevate all my thoughts above something new. 
but I'm comparing spiritual things with what the Spirit of God gives me. This is how he was helping them uh, discern truth from error. Yeah. All right. My goal, one of my goals in ministering here today and every time is to say things that the Holy Spirit is already saying to you. So that when I say it, in some way, it's not the first time you heard it. Even if it's, even if it's the first time you heard it, you know, said exactly like that, or maybe first time you processed it. But when I say it, it's like, yeah, it's like I already knew that. Why? The Spirit of God has already been talking to you. Amen. By the way, He is already talking to you. Do you know that? God, by His Holy Spirit, is talking to every single person here. Amen. I'm not just referencing the sound of my voice and what He might be saying now. I'm talking through the day, through the night, through your life. If you're saved, you've got the teacher inside of you. Showing, revealing, prompting, confirming, bringing light to things. More or less depending on what you're asking Him for, what you're seeking. But He is inward in every single one of us. This is why, this is one reason why many of you connect with what I teach. You may not have thought about it this way, but I'm saying something and something will jump out at you like, boom, yeah, woo, that's it. It's because God's already been talking to you. And I just happened to say the same thing. You know, I happen to. I'm trusting him to say the same thing. I, I'm praying that I could say the same thing. But then when I say it, you're, oh, yes. And it was a confirmation to you. And you now you know more than ever that that was God. That the Spirit of God is leading you, talking to you, revealing things to you. Amen. I could say like John, you know, I'm preaching to you today to tell you, you have no need for me to preach to you today. Because you have the Spirit of God and He is teaching you. Amen. And in reality, it's the truth that makes people free. We can't just mentally communicate things to people and set them free. It is when the Spirit of God makes things come alive inside of us. All right. And like I said, I'll say it again, this is already working in us. It's working in all of us right here today. According to the Lord Jesus, uh, we know Him and we know His voice. All I'm doing, you see what I'm doing here? All I'm doing is saying what already is. I'm not creating anything. I'm not making God do something. I can't. I'm just saying what, what's already true. Listen, Jesus, think about Jesus and His voice. Jesus said this, John chapter 10, and verse 4. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. They do what? Are trying to get to know his voice. No, if you're his sheep, you know it. In verse 14, he said, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Everybody say it out loud. Say, I know, I know the Lord Jesus. I am known by him. And I know him, and I know his voice. He said regarding the Holy Spirit in John 14, 17, 
the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. So I know the Lord. I know His voice. I know the Holy Spirit. He dwells in me. This is not something I'm trying to achieve. If in any way I would say that we are trying to get to know the Lord more, we do it from a position of knowing. In other words, we acknowledge what is. I have this connection where we've been made one and I know him. I know his voice. And through that connection, I'm getting to know him. What, what does that mean? My mind is becoming renewed. My my mind, my heart is becoming enlightened to the realities of who he is and what he's already done. Okay. This is different from sometimes the way a relationship with God is presented. Because I think it, it actually hurts our faith when we view God as over there and us as over here. I'm wanting him to do something for me rather than me acknowledging that he has already done it for me. You know, when people say, it's really just an old covenant mindset. They say, well, we all just need to become broken before the Lord. Well, you know, I was broken and he, he, he put me back together. He made me whole. I don't want to become broken again. I'm not seeking brokenness. You're talking about humility. I get that. But we want to be humble before God. But I don't want to be broken. I want to be whole. I was broken. Now he made me whole. Well, we just all need to surrender to him. Well, no, wait wait a minute. I already did that. I already surrendered to him. Now I'm on his team. Now the devil needs to surrender. Not me. Not you. (laughs) You have the gun. You stick them up. I'm not sticking them up. You know, except for in worship, you understand? But I'm not. No, I'm with the Lord here. I see a difference between being lost and found. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now, now I see. Yeah. This, this brings our relationship with God is the same way as other uh, established facts that are in Christ. It's things, religion seems to have a tendency to take what's already done and put it into the future so people are trying to get what God already gave them. We sometimes have to alter our music because a lot of popular Christian worship songs lack this revelation. And they sing about things as if God is going to do them. And we just have to put some EDs on the end of everything. Okay, you understand what I'm talking about? Duh. Healed. Uh. Blessed. Uh. Redeemed. Uh. Not trying to get, but acknowledging what is. How many know a person gets healed because they acknowledge that they are healed? Yeah. I live with a sense of right standing and closeness to the Lord because I recognize I've already been redeemed. 
Yeah. It, I have to see what is. And this, these are the same terms that define our walk with God and our, our union with Him and the fact that we know Him. I get to know Him from a place of knowing Him. I'm already connected. And so that's what I have to acknowledge. I mean, how many have ever done this? If you've been around here, you've done this. You've had a pain or an attack or, or some kind of physical symptom. And so you walk around saying, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed by Jesus' stripes. Thank you, Lord, it's already done. Praise God, I have the victory. I have it now. Jesus healed me by his stripes. We were declaring what didn't look like a reality. We didn't feel it. We didn't see it. But his word said it's already done. So we said, yes, it is. See, I can do that with my prayer life. I can do that with my walk with God and say, Lord, I know you. I'm one with you. I'm not saying that based upon an experience per se. When I say an experience, a present experience of some grand revelation. I'm just saying, you said this in your word. The teacher lives inside of me. I know your voice. You know me and I know you. We are one together. That's the beginning point of greater revelation that comes to our understanding. Everybody okay? Yeah. We are to approach our relationship with God from an established standpoint. I'm not seeking Him to, to know Him, but I, I'm, I'm acknowledging that I already do. Yeah. Let me say it this way. Act like you know Him because you do. Yeah. Act healed because you are. Yes. Act blessed. Act joyful. Act forgiven. You could say any of these things. Why would I do that? I don't feel happy. Because the joy of the Lord has been deposited on the inside of you. It is fruit of the Spirit. Come on. It, 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 he's there. Whether I feel it or not is irrelevant. In fact, the fact, the fact that I don't feel it is why I should acknowledge it more. Amen. If I feel distant from the Lord, He hasn't moved. He hasn't decided to take up residence elsewhere. He's still with me according to His Word. Oh, I feel so distant. I feel so cold. I feel. Then start acknowledging what is. Lord, you're with me. I know you. You never leave me. You're always here. I know your voice. Thank you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I've been anointed. He teaches me. I can say all these things without feeling. But what it does is it pleases God because that's how faith talks. It's positive, it's full of faith. It believes God's Word above circumstances. We're not on the outside looking in. We're already in the house. Amen? Amen. One way, like I've been demonstrating, to start your prayer life, to start a prayer, say it that way, um, would be like Jesus did. And there's multiple ways to do this, so don't be religious with it. You know, the psalmist said, enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart and enter his courts with praise. Right? That's certainly a good way to address the Lord. Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven. Right? Lots of good ways to address the Lord. But one of the things I noticed that Jesus did in John chapter 11 is he started the prayer by saying, Father, I know you hear me every time I pray. Uh, let me just read it. John 11, 41. Then he, this is at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus has been dead for four days and stinks now. Right? Remember that? <laughs> And then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Right. So Jesus already had this so established in his heart. 
I don't think he needed to repeat that because he mentioned, I'm doing this because of all these people. They're watching me. I want them to look to you. I want them to know where this miracle's coming from. But still, he said this. This is, this, this is great. I know you. I, I know you always hear me. I thank you that you have heard me. Is that a good way to start a prayer? Come on. It's acknowledging reality. And, it, and it's faith. Father, I thank you. You've heard me. In fact, you always hear me when I pray. Now get ready to ask him. Now get ready to make your petition because you're there with him. He's not far away. He's there ever present with you in your time of need. So this acknowledgement is why I say people get healed because they are healed. We have the joy of the Lord, period. We're redeemed, you know, so we should just live as if we belong to him. Um, since you know that you're connected to him, uh, make decisions with him. Live life with God. Remember the primary question we're answering? How to walk with God. I must acknowledge Him continually or I won't be walking with Him. I might live for Him by trying to, you know, live a godly life or do things that are eternity minded, but I want to do it with Him. I want to walk not for God, with God. So He's the perfect partner and you already know Him. Spirit lives inside of you. He teaches you all things. Do life with Him. If you're facing a difficult decision, we all do sometimes, right? Man, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do with this? What about the kids? What about my job? What about whatever? Lord, how are we going to deal with this? You know, what, how should I handle this? What should I say? What should I not say? He's with you. He's in you. And you know Him. Lord, how, how are we going to handle this situation? That's called walking with God. Well, what if I say that and I don't hear anything? Walk by faith. If you don't get an instant revelation, don't be troubled by it or get into unbelief. Say, ah, I knew you weren't listening. <laughs> See, His Word hasn't changed. You walk away saying, and I thank you, Lord, that I'm, I, I know what to do and I will know what to do because I know you. I'm just trusting you. Be at peace. Be at rest. What if three angels don't appear singing a song and telling me all the things I've ever longed to know? Well, I can't guarantee that kind of response, but people who walk with God are more likely to have more experiences. I'm just not going to determine what they are. I'm not going to say, Lord, you told this person this, and you showed yourself, and this person had a vision, and this person had... No, uh, I know you, and I'm just going to stay right there. You, the teacher's in me. I know you. I know your voice. We're going to just do this life together. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to improve on Enoch's walk. <laughs> I'm going to get it up to where Jesus was. Walk with the Father just like the Lord Jesus. Amen? Amen. Daniel wrote this. Daniel 11:32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and shall carry out great exploits. You see, you know before you show. Right? My strength 
is connected to knowing him. My ability to do great things, exploits, to do great things for and with and in God are connected to knowing him. I just want to accomplish great things. Awesome. Focus on knowing him. And our knowing him begins with, don't be too repetitive, it begins with knowing him. I already do. Therefore, he teaches me, he reveals to me, he shows himself to me, and I increase in my ability to walk with him according to that knowledge. Amen? Amen. I was, uh, uh, when I uh, was having breakfast this morning, I got a a text from uh, uh, Pastor Hagen over there at, at Ramah, and he, which he frequently does this, throws out a little nugget, I think it's what he's preaching. But he said, uh, have a great Sunday. Knowledge of God and His ways is not gained through intense study about Him. Rather, knowledge of God is gained by intimate fellowship with Him. And I thought, that's what I'm preaching too. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) That's what we're talking about. The principles we need to know, the revelation of what is, so that the practical outworking of that is I walk with God. He, just like I would walk with a friend or, you know, a spouse, or I walk with God. He's that real to me. Amen. Amen? Amen. And He wants to show us great and mighty things. Amen. And enable us to be strong and do great exploits. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Well, good.